When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill Apter, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend, the Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Thank you for joining another edition of Bumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. I'm Brian Ferguson. My guest today is an author and co-author of many pro wrestling books, including Too Sweet, Inside the Indie Wrestling Revolution. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to introduce Mr. Keith Elliott Greenberg. Keith, thanks for coming on. Appreciate Thank you, it, Brian. I, I really appreciate you having me here. Oh, I'm just glad you know you're able to come on. I mean, I've read your bio and things, and you're a busy man. I am a bit busy, yes. You are a busy man, and you've written quite a few books too. So, in fact, uh, we were just talking uh, prior to recording. I'm in the middle of the uh, the Too Sweet book about the Indies, and it's an excellent read. Uh, I, I really appreciate you saying that. It's uh, I highly recommend it, and we'll put that down in the description as well, uh, your books and things like that. So, all right, so let's kind of get started. Uh, I want to talk a little bit first about if we could. Uh, growing up, I know you're from New York. I am. Uh, let's talk about how you're growing up in New York and, and, and your schooling and how you kind of got involved in, in, the, in the wrestling business. Well, I grew up in a family where wrestling was on quite a bit. Okay. You know, my mother's uh, high school autograph book, uh, it said favorite athlete, and she had uh, Argentina Rocca in there. So oh. when, when, when you're, you know, raised with that pedigree, you kind of gravitate towards things like uh, professional wrestling. And, uh, you know, my grandparents were, for, were from the former Soviet Union. Okay. And this would be in the 1960s, and they were big Bruno San Martino fans. Uh, took it very seriously. Uh, an immigrant who struggled much like them, and uh, seemed to have obstacles put in his way, but always managed, you know, a way to to dig down and triumph, which they were never really able to do. But at least they felt inspired by someone like Bruno. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Well, after you uh, got out of high school, I mean, you're a journalist, you're a, a writer. Uh, I'm, just, I'm assuming you went to college. And I did, yes. 
Not that you have to, not that you have to, to be a professional writer, but I, I chose to go to college. Yes. Where did you go to school at? I started out at Queens College. Um, and uh, I've been a professional writer since I've been 19 years old. So, um, you know, I started writing fairly young and I was just, uh, yeah, I just felt driven to earn a living that way. And just like now, there are websites where anybody can work. Uh, they may not get paid a lot, but they can get their name out there yeah. and they can, uh, per, you know, indulge their passion and write about the things they care about. You know, there were little newspapers and magazines to write for. Some paid better than others. Some barely paid at all. But that was the direction I took. Yeah, I noticed uh, doing some research on you. You you have a, a very wide range of topics and subjects that you have written about uh, from the Latin group Menudo. That was your first book, I believe, if I That's remember. By 1983. Yeah, your first book uh, about a Latin uh, group. Pop. Yeah. Pop group. Uh, wrestling to uh, just a whole variety of crime. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just a variety of subjects. And it's just kind of interesting that you can do that and and i just wondered how did you and you talk about your grandparents your parents being into wrestling but what made you want to write about wrestling well i love wrestling and um you know i wasn't athletic enough to become a wrestler and um so i wanted to uh learn more about the wrestling business and this was prior to the first wrestlemania prior to um you know, wrestling being labeled sports entertainment. This was when wrestling was depicted as real life and death battles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I knew there was an element of showmanship there. I didn't know to what degree. And my goal was never to expose the business. It was to learn more about this uh, way of life and this art form that fascinated me and a lot of others. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I, I, like I said, I did some research. You've written books or co-authored or been a part of books about Freddie Blassie, Ric Flair. Uh, I could go on. Superstar Billy Graham. Superstar Billy Graham. It, you know, and I, 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 I um, co-wrote two editions of the WWE Encyclopedia of Sports Entertainment. Okay. So yeah, yeah, there, there's there's a lot there. I just find it very interesting that you have such a variety and you have time for all this. Have you had to write books, uh, like multiple books at the same time? No, I can't do that. Okay. Well, you're the first author I've had on there that has it. You know, I, uh, be, but I also have a full-time job. I work as a TV yeah. producer full-time. Okay. So, you know, um, one book a year, you know, yeah was usually plenty to occupy me and i also write articles on the side so yes. um, yep. you know i so you know i i am trying to pace myself you know i can do two things at a time four things at a time is a bit difficult and you know i can be working on a book and be working at my full-time job and you know find the time to do an article yeah but 
I can't be working on two books and doing my full-time job yeah. and writing articles. Yeah. But I am proud to say that I have been writing for Inside the Ropes magazine in the UK. Yeah. And uh, I've been doing a monthly column for them and doing, mm -hmm. you know, uh, some more in-depth articles. And that's been one of my pleasures of life the last couple of years working for those guys. Yeah, I, I got that uh, when it first came out the first year and I read it. I mean, it's, it's, it's big and I like that. It's got a lot of, a lot of good articles and you know, I, I've read yours and they're, yeah, they're. Yeah. They're, and there's great writers, you know, yeah. there's guys like Finlay Martin, who might not be that well known in this country, but every wrestling fan of a certain age in the UK knows him. So just like there's a, you know, a group of fans who came up reading my stuff and I came up reading Bill Apter's name and, um, you know, uh, George Napolitano's name, uh, you know, there's a whole breed of fans that look up to Finlay Martin as, a, as an expert, you know, yeah. and he is, he yeah. is. And then there's like young guys, there's this guy, Tom Forty, and, uh, you know, much younger than I am. And he just has a touch, you know, he... I read this article he wrote about collecting action figures, kind of like the figures you have around there. Yeah. And he talks about this recurring dream he would have about not, uh, you know, about losing an action figure. And he later read that Matt Cardona would have the same dream. So when wow. somebody tells a story like that, yeah. it makes, it makes the, you know, the, the article immensely relatable yeah. and, as a writer, I'm always learning yeah. and I'm not just learning from those who came before me. I'm also learning fr uh, from those who've come behind me. Yeah. No, I, it's, it's interesting. You, you mentioned that because I just did an interview, I don't know, probably a week ago uh, with Greg Oliver mm. and uh, good guy, good yeah, guy. great guy, great guy. And, and, and a friend. Yeah. 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 Uh, and he says, you know, he likes wrestling, but, and I asked him about books and he worked on two at a time. And he writes told, about hockey also. Yeah. He writes about hockey and, and, uh, he has helped his child, helped him write a children's book. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. And, uh, I don't know if you know, Kenny Casanova. Of course I do. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he's written books at the same time too. And I asked him the same question. I told him there is no way I could ever do that in fact i'll tell you in my, kenny casanova is in my next book that's coming out okay i have a book coming out in the fall called wrestling well it's called follow the buzzards wrestling in the age of covid19 okay and uh, and you know it's about how wrestling dealt with covid yeah and one of the things that kenny casanova did was he organized this thing called um you know covid con and he had uh he, he had wrestling authors on there and as well as some wrestlers wow. it was um i think it may be the last public appearance for tracy smothers and even kamala oh, popped on yeah. for a little bit and that's um you know that that's just a couple of months before each of them passed away yeah and uh so they would pop on and then greg oliver was on there and i was on there and wow. um you know, it was it was fabulous because it was wrestling authors just talking about their books all weekend long. And like Friday night, we had like a dress rehearsal where you could come on if you wanted. It wasn't anything formal. And I came on Friday night 
And I didn't turn the thing off for 48 hours. This was when everybody was locked in. Yeah. I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. I've, when I've talked to authors, it seems like it's a very close knit community. Uh, even though you might be, well, Greg's in Canada. We're not, we're not, we're, we're, I, I don't consider us competitors. I really don't. No, no. I'm just saying and that you guys know each other and interact. We do which, know each other yeah. because I guess, you know, the community of wrestling authors isn't really that wide. That's true. It's not like hockey authors or baseball authors mm -hmm. or, you know, soccer authors, right. you know. So, you know, there's maybe a couple of dozen of us at most. Mm -hmm. And we've all crossed paths at some point. Yeah. And we all have similar stories. We all have stories about, um, you know, the challenges of sometimes getting along with talent, the challenges of drawing out talent to tell a story. Um, I think we've all encountered talent that, um, you know, who tend to go into character. And it's like, wait a second, I need to really know the underpinnings of this story, not to have you cut a promo on me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so the, the, that's all a challenge. Yeah. And, you know, in the book Too Sweet that you're reading, I actually mentioned Bertrand, who co-authored Pat Patterson's book and mm -hmm. with, with Pat LaProd did that fabulous um, Andre the Giant book. And, um, you know, Bertrand and I, we, we have a history because we were both competing to be chosen to do the Pat Patterson book. And Bertrand was the one who ultimately received the nod. And I say in the book, you know, I'm pretty good at my craft, but after reading that touching book, I have to say in that one instance, the better man won. Well, that's very kind of you to say that and write that in there because yeah, most people wouldn't acknowledge that. It's true. And he's a good writer and he's yeah. a friend. And, yeah. you know, he puts me over all the time also. You know? <laughs> well, that's and, good. And, 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 and it's heartfelt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, every person, I, a writer I've talked to uh, on here, has high respects for all the other ones. If I mention a name that I've done a podcast with, they just give them a bunch of kudos and it, it's great. Yeah, it, it's really intriguing because you would think sometimes there are so few scraps to grab mm -hmm. that there would be competition or, or, or bad mouthing. And also the nature of the wrestling business, you know, at least in the past could be quite undermining. And I really don't find that. I find that when, you know, I'm at an event and I run into somebody like, you know, I, I usually sit at the, in the press box at WrestleMania and I'll see another wrestling writer and I'll go, hey, you know, that was a great article you wrote. I, you know, actually used some of that information in my last book. And, you know, it's very respectful. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, you talk about WrestleMania, um, I'm going to WrestleCon at the end of the month, which is the same weekend as WrestleMania in yeah, the same I'll, town. I'll, I'll, I'll be stopping by. I'll be oh, there. good. Well, maybe we yeah. can meet in person. I'd love to meet in person. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have a whole bunch of friends who are staying at the Fairmont Hotel yep. where WrestleCon is yep. taking place. So there's going to be a lot of socializing over yep. there. Yeah, I'm going to be there. I'm staying there as well and uh, looking forward to that. So I, I'm actually staying at the GCW Hotel, but it's not too far away. Yeah. Well, I wanted to be where the action is. You know, it costs yeah. a little more, but I wanted to be there. And my wife was kind enough to let me her and I stay there. So. Well, I mean, is, how's your wife with um, hanging out in a, at a wrestling convention all weekend? Well, 
that's yeah luckily my my oldest son lives in dallas so he's going to go to some of the stuff with me but he's also then my wife is just going to do her thing during the day she's not she has things to do. She has things to do. Uh, yes. It's not like you dragged me all the way to Dallas. And yeah. All I did was like yeah. listen to people talking about wrestling. Exactly. She has things. She has things to do per se. As I quotations with my hands. It, 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 it's funny you say that. Um, le- last night I watched the you know AEW pay per view with yes, some, and there's uh, this bar in Brooklyn called DDT. It's a wrestling theme bar, and okay. I can't say enough great great things about them. But um, I met up with a group of friends and one good friend has a girlfriend who just despises wrestling. And uh, there have been a few times when we've been together and you could see how exasperated she's getting like, oh, will this wrestling show ever end? And, uh, you know, one of my other friends was sitting there and he goes, well, you know, you live. He's uh, he's with her tonight. You know, you live life. You choose your love. And. We're sitting here, so I guess that says a lot about our life choice. That's right. (laughs) Let's talk about that. So, you know, you've been doing this for quite a while, the wrestling part as well. Let's talk about the transformation from when you started late 70s, early 80s in wrestling, you know, watching wrestling, writing about it. uh, Well, I've been writing about it since, I guess, the late 70s. I would say I started watching it in the 60s. I was born in the late 50s, but I was born in 59. So I must say, even though I have a good memory, I don't have any recollections of that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I wanted to ask you is the, what was that like for you when it was transforming to, you know, basically Brute brawlers, good guys, bad guys. Uh, you know, you, there was a very good distinction of that uh, to now where it's kind of blurred. It's well, more of an entertainment look, aspect. What is that like? For I you? mean, you know, when you're a kid, I mean, this comes up all the time in conversation, mm-hmm. both when I'm interviewed or when I'm with friends. Yeah. Uh, you know, you always romanticize what you watched as a kid. Right. So um, naturally, I look back on that era where I was just learning about wrestling and learning about different territories and seeing certain wrestlers for the first time. And, you know, it just seems like the greatest time in the world to be alive. But, you know, I imagine that some kid who's going to see Brock against Roman Reigns and is eight years old at WrestleMania that kid will be 30 years old in 20 years, 38 years old in 20 years. And we'll say, man, wrestling's not like it was like WWE in, you know, 2022. Oh, that was when it, it just ruled, man. Or, you know, re- remember, we'll say, re- remember Bray Wyatt? Oh, he's gone. But, you know, they'll be talking about tag teams like the Usos and the New yeah. Day. And, um, you know, that stuff will and they'll be talking about Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. And, you know, that stuff will age well. Whatever you say about WWE, there's some great talent there and that stuff will age. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're doing something right, obviously, or they wouldn't be as successful as they are. I mean, that's just the bottom line. And same with AEW. Uh, You talked about AEW is very exciting. Oh, yeah. 
It's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. I mean, I do talk about the Wednesday Night War in my uh, in my upcoming book okay. on wrestling during the time of COVID. And I am sad to see that over because um, I, you know, not that I wanted NXT and um, AEW to be on at the same time because I felt that both products were very good. Yeah. But there's something about, you know, trying to outdo your adversary and trying to give people the best show possible. Yeah. And, you know, now um, NXT is a different kind of show. They still have great talent mm -hmm. and they're still, you know, great matches to be seen there, but it's, it's not like they, they're not cross AEW and NXT don't have their swords crossed anymore. It's more like AEW versus WWE as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I can, yeah, I, I can see that. Um, so what did you think of the pay-per-view last night? I, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I, really I mean, I, unfortunately, I live, I live out in the middle of nowhere. So, and I don't have a satellite. So I just get the bits and pieces from the next day on YouTube or whatever. But from what I saw and what I've read, I thought it was really yeah. well done. You know, I mean, there's just such great matchups. You know, you have, you know, look at this, this talent there. You know, you have Thunder Rosa and Dr. Britt Baker. You know, Adam Cole and Hangman Page in the ring together. You know, Moxley and uh, Danielson in the ring together. You know, and even the pre-show, it's uh, legit Layla Hirsch against Chris Statlander. It may not sound like a lot on paper, but watching that match, that was a really intense match. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it was, and being with friends, you know, I was there with three friends and we were watching together and, you know, then the owner would come by and the bartender would come by and we'd be dissecting what we just saw. And I'm so grateful to be part of this community that loves something as much as I do. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree. It's uh, it's a small community. And sometimes, uh, you know, when I because I, I have my personality when I when I was working and all that uh full time and everything my demeanor was quite different and people were really shocked when you like professional wrestling you watch that right. I'm like, yeah they're like you don't seem like that type of person right well that's a cliche it's a, <laughs> yeah. it's a demeaning thing to say it's yeah. like people would say you know to me uh oh yeah you're jewish you don't really act jewish like what's that supposed <laughs> to mean <laughs> right yeah right. what do you mean by that and yeah. so it's like, you don't really act like a wrestling fan. It's like, why don't you elaborate on that? Yeah, like, exactly. how am I supposed to act? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's really odd, but you know, it is what it is. So. But look, you know, I know what the stereotype of the wrestling fan is. We all know what the stereotype is. And I have a very good friend. And she told me, you know, when she was growing up, her mother told her, you know, never date a wrestling fan or an NASCAR fan. And I get what, what her mother was trying to do. But then this, you know, woman moves to New York and she's she she was was working at NBC the same time I was. And she would see me get together with these four other guys who worked with me at NBC and we would just pick apart the, the, the most recent pay-per-view she saw. And she goes, I never would imagine that wrestling fans speak like this. It's like, you mean that we can string an entire sentence together? <laughs> yes, there, there's a few of us again. The effective communication. <laughs> yeah. 
So, you know, you've done a lot of traveling, uh, I'm sure to different events around the country, probably around the world. Yeah. Um, to me, uh, what my question is, what was probably your most exciting or most memorable, memorable event that you have been to in recent memory for you? Well, I'm going to tell you something. Um, I, I like to keep my enthusiasm fresh. Mm-hmm. And so rather than looking back on an event I saw 20 or 25 years ago, and there's some great ones. I yeah. mean, Hulk Hogan against The Rock in Toronto was pretty fantastic, you know, and to see the crowd turn like that and to see both of their reactions. Yeah, that looms pretty large, uh, that WrestleMania. But look, you know, recently I was at AEW Grand Slam and I was at the first WrestleMania last year where they they had, WWE had a live crowd, you know, in Tampa. And um, I was just at a GCW at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Okay. And, I, and I was at Ring of Honor's final battle. And that was the closing of a chapter. And yeah. those were all, all special events. And I'm yeah. privileged to have been at all of that. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, you have a good perspective on it. I mean, when I asked that to others, they gave me a specific event, but that's, that's interesting. I mean, I guess for me, I, I, I enjoy all of them, so I can't really say a specific one. Uh, but this will be my, like we were talking about WrestleCon a, a moment ago, uh, this will be my first one. I'm excited. I'm a little nervous, I'll be honest, because uh, some of the guys there are, are you know, legends, and, you know, it's going to be kind of... Well, it, it, it's daunting to see yeah. them in person. Yeah. Just like it was daunting to start interviewing some of these guys who I yeah. always looked up to. But yeah. they're human beings like yeah. you are, like I am. They're gratified that people remember them, that people recognize them, that people want to see them. They definitely, um, you know, have their feet on the ground in many ways. And I feel like, you know, actually, like a guy like Greg Oliver can talk about this. You know, in some ways, wrestling uh, wrestlers are a little bit like hockey players. They're almost like blue collar athletes and they remember where they came from. And they and a lot of wrestlers today remember being fans yeah. and they know what it meant to have a wrestler be good to them. And yeah you know, treat them with courtesy. Now they expect courtesy in return. They don't want you like, you know, badgering them on an airplane or, you know, barging, uh, you know, onto their table, into their table when they're, uh, you know, having dinner with their families when they've been traveling. But, you know, you show them respect and you, you you know, you show them, um, you know, your appreciation. And I think it's appreciated back. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. No, I'm excited to go down there and uh, and interact with. Uh, and, and you and you know and you know what you're going to go down there and I predict this you're going to make friends who are going to be your friends years from now of the, of other fans. Yeah, well, actually, I know a couple guys that are going to be there already. Jim Brunzel is going to be there. I've met him and actually went out to dinner with him when he was in uh, Crusher Fest last fall. Him and Greg Gagne. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to. Uh, establishing more relationships. And all you had to do was pay the bill. <laughs> no, I didn't have to pay the bill. That was the nice part. He paid his own. I, I offered. I'm joking. No, I know you are. I know you are. Uh, but, you know, it, it's going to be a good time. I'm really going to enjoy it. So 
like we talked about earlier, um, your difference in pro wrestling from yesteryear to now. Um, I guess what I'm trying to ask is, do you think it's progressed ultimately in a positive way? Uh, uh, you know, look, I, I see, I see all the varied perspectives. I understand, yeah. you know, f- and this has been going on, not just recently, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. guys were complaining to me, like, look at these young guys. They just fly all over the place. Certainly um, the standard is higher. Now guys yeah. are expected to do more spectacular things. And sometimes I worry that they might get injured more as a result of that. Um, I think they're better educated now in terms of the pitfalls that could befall them. I think that um, they have legitimate people giving them financial advice now. So they're not going to end up like Mickey Rock's character and the wrestler, hopefully. Um, you know, uh, so, you know, there's a lot of positives about now. Yeah. And the art of storytelling evolves. And the best wrestlers are people who grew up enjoying a good story in the ring and they've taken some lessons and expanded on it. Yeah. And, you know, you have guys also who've been trained by Dusty Rhodes in NXT and Shawn Michaels in NXT and at his training school. I mean, real storytellers. You know, I was when I was writing Too Sweet, I went to a gym in Brooklyn and before the show started, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was conducting a seminar for a group of wrestlers. Okay. And, you know, and Barry Horowitz, I remember, was sitting sitting there in the audience and he said, back when I was coming up, you had to be lucky to get a ride in his car to hear this kind of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Now you're getting this education. You know, you pay the guy a couple of hundred bucks and here it is right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the others I've had on the podcast older wrestlers they always say that when they went in the ring they didn't know anything they they just the fundamentals of the the craft is but as far as the other stuff didn't have a clue and had to learn uh right and there's a beauty in that there is a beauty in that there i mean it makes you muscle memory i guess is the muscle memory and, and spontaneous creativity yeah and you know but you know these guys did a lot of them you know, were married to each other, so to speak. They would right. work together a lot. And I guess, you know, you work with the same person, you develop a chemistry, and then you can just have a very spontaneous dance. And that's, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. And, um, you know, sometimes like when I'm watching a match, like actually at the GCW show, I saw Matt Cardona wrestle Joey Janela. And I was like, and Chelsea Green, you know, was interfering on behalf of Cardona. And I'm like looking at her face at one point and she looks like she's about to burst out laughing. And I'm like, these guys are having a great time. It's almost like when you're a kid and you're playing wrestling with your friends in the park or in the playground, they looked like they were having that much fun. And I'm sure for all the pressures, there are people who know how to tap into that sense of fun. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. That's, you said Chelsea green. I know they're married and now he's the current NWA world heavyweight champion. And, uh, I hope things go well for him. I know he's got a match in a couple of weeks with, uh, Nick Aldis. 
on yeah. the 19th, I believe, and we'll we'll see how that goes. And, and look, and there's there's a story there, like yep. you know, well, this is basically you know when it comes to the NWA of today, probably the uh, most respect, most esteemed representative of the NWA. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then you have a guy like Cardona, who even though in real life he clearly respects wrestling traditions, he pretends that he doesn't. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a, it's a natural issue. Between yeah. Them. Yeah. And that means it's going to be a fun match. It'll be a good match, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So let me ask you this, and, I, and it might be an oddball question for you, but like I said, you've written a variety of books from Menudo to Too Sweet. Out of all the books that you've written or co-authored, or what has been the one, the one that just well, sticks I, out in your mind? Well, the, the, the one that I just finished, of course. Because <laughs> 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 that's the book I'm trying to sell. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, writing, I mean, I'll say what makes this book um you know, follow the buzzards, uh, pro wrestling uh, in the age of COVID-19. The challenge was, as I, I was writing it as these events were unfolding. And so, you know, I'm observing and I'm writing about it. it almost at times felt like I was keeping a diary. And then I submitted the book to ECW Press and it was a couple of months before they actually got around to reading it. And during those few months, I actually had a chance to reread it and fill in some voids over there. Or, you know, like I'm describing in chapter one, this match between um, Hangman Page and, uh, and, and Kenny Omega when their, their team first breaks up. And lo and behold, it, exactly one year later, this leads to Paige defeating Omega for the championship. And yeah. so there were a lot of things that were dangling when I first started writing them that, ha that have since resolved themselves. And I was able to go back and tie a lot of loose ends together. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's good that you were able to have a chance to reread it and, and kind of yeah, and also look, COVID, it was such a unique period. Mm -hmm. So you had to have, you know, your WWE, the cinematic match existed in some form before. I mean, there was the, you know, boiler room match between, you know, with, uh, Mankind and, uh, who was it? Mankind and, uh, was it Piper? No. Um, you had the, the uh, Goldust and Piper had yeah. that uh, that brawl where they were on the freeway yeah. uh, each other. Yeah. But, uh, but whatever it is, um, you had cinematic matches to an extent in the past, but during COVID, you had both major companies becoming reliant on the cinematic match. And WWE, again, I'm going to give them credit. You know, yeah. you have at WrestleMania 36, you had... The Undertaker AJ Styles match, which felt like you were watching a Western on TV. And the next night you had, uh, you know, Bray Wyatt against John Cena. And that was like you were watching an art film. So two very different genres, but both cinematic matches. And then yeah. AEW came up with the stadium stampede. Yeah. 
And, you know, then WWE created the Thunderdome to compensate for the lack of live fans. And, you know, you have to salute them for improvising and keeping the fans entertained like that. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and competition, you know, for a number of years, you know, you're talking about WWE. They were pretty much the standalone. I mean, there is impact in there for a while or TNA, uh, but you know, until really the last three, two or three years when AEW, they've had to kind of kick it in high gear again. And kind of, kind of like when the WCW, the, the Monday Night Wars you know, mm-hmm. 20 years ago uh, or 25 years ago, uh, you know, it was, it's kind of getting back to that where that competition makes you want to do more. Yes, it does. It makes you want to do more. And I mean, that makes it a good time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah. No, you know, I, and look at the vet. Look, it's different. Here's where it's different. When I was growing up, we weren't speculating. We were reacting. We didn't know anything about the business. So if you were, uh, you know, a fan, you were rooting for certain people to win. You know, you were rooting for certain enemies to get in the ring and fight. And now when you're watching, you're watching like a like a drama critic. And, um, you know, that that's different, but it's, I still look forward to it, but my fandom has had to evolve along with the business. Right. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You gotta, and they've always, I will say this, uh, the business has evolved, especially the last four or five years. Uh, like I said, that competition really, uh, drives the rival promotions to, compete and come out with better or new ideas. And, and, and uh, that's a good thing. So, and for writers like yourself and, and, and Greg Oliver and Kenny and all them, I think it's good for you guys. Cause you have more things that you can, um, we have new things to write about, write about and, and can, and talk about, you know, and, and it's not just WWE. This is right. all they've done this week in a magazine. Now it's, impact it's aw it's it's uh new japan new japan Uh, and now we can speculate what what form will the new ring of honor take under tony khan you know where will nxt 2.0 be a year from now yeah you know when when will braun brecker um transition to the main roster how will he do on the main roster yeah 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 that's that's the great part about that now because that's kind of the way it was in the 80s you know when you had all these different territories and promotions when Peter, you know, pro wrestling, Illustrated, all those magazines inside wrestling, you had different topics at different promotions talking about different things, which was great because there was such a variety. And I think that variety, and that was an interesting period because the eighties was when it was really the tail end of the territory system. But for a, for a period you were suddenly exposed to to a number of them because of cable TV. Mm-hmm. Previously, in the 70s, I couldn't see wrestling from Texas. I couldn't see wrestling from Atlanta. I didn't have cable TV. Mm-hmm. Now I could watch wrestling on TBS. You know, now I could watch the NWA champion on TV. And I could watch the Von Erichs. I remember, yeah, I didn't have cable yet, but I remember I was dating someone who had cable and she only lived like a mile or two away from me. And I remember I once came over her place 
And suddenly she's like looking for me and I'm like sitting there watching world class. And she's like, is that why you came here? And it's like, well, <laughs> a little bit. Part of the reason, yeah. Well, you know, maybe you, one of the reasons. Yeah. this is, you know, benefit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, know, don't I, think, I don't think she, uh, you know, realized that's what I meant when I said friends with benefits. <laughs> go that's great well all right one final question so what are you doing now sir i know you just finished your book are you working on another project or um i just finished the story on uh for inside the ropes on diversity in wrestling it was triggered by the um controversy that got stirred up when big swole left aew and i analyze you know, the history of the way different minorities have been uh, portrayed in the wrestling business and how uh, certain uh, personalities felt and how certain gimmicks wouldn't go over now. And, uh, you know, I interviewed black wrestlers. I interviewed some openly gay wrestlers. And I also uh, went through different interviews that people have done over the years and that, that story ended up being 6,700 words. Whoa. So, you know, <laughs> so I, you know, I said, oh, you know, how, how much, you know, space do I have? And, um, you know, then I just kept going, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, right now, you know, I'm just taking a breather because I just finished that book on wrestling during the time of COVID. It was just copy edited. I went through the copy editing, you know, notes this weekend. Mm -hmm. We have to pick out photos perhaps later this week. So I, um, you know, then I go to WrestleMania and yeah. cover stuff for inside the ropes. And yeah. so, you know, I have to like give myself a little bit of breathing room before yeah. I start conceptualizing the next book, because gotcha. if I'm doing another book, this is, has to be something I'm really passionate about so yeah. I can get myself worked up. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to that uh, wrestling with buzzards, wrestling uh, COVID nineteen. Follow the buzzards, which is follow actually the buzzards, okay. Like, follow the buzzards, uh, pro wrestling in the age of COVID nineteen. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to mess up. The no, title no, that's fine. You, you don't even, uh, you know, it's not even on Amazon yet. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, when it comes out because I'll definitely uh, purchase it. Like I said, I'm reading two C right back. now. Please. I will. I will. <laughs> I will. And hopefully we can uh, run into each other at WrestleCon. Yeah, if you I'd, I'd love to by. see you at WrestleCon. I'd love that, too. We'll, uh, you know, yeah. we may just run into each other because we'll be in the same place. But, yeah, reach out to me. I'd I love will. to stop and chat with you. I will. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Keith Elliott Greenberg, sir, thank you for uh, coming on. If you're listening, thank you. If you're watching, thank you. And we will talk to you soon. Okay. Have a great night. Thank you, you too. Hey, this is a Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Hey, guys, before we get started, I just wanted to read this commercial because it's an agreement that we made with a really great podcast, and I want to tell you guys all about it. Pro Wrestling Interviews, it features guests who are hot indie stars as well as the greats of the ring. Each week, you can join the amazing Velvet as well as Dr. John as they host this jam-packed hour of interviews pro wrestling news and entertaining guests it's an hour you don't want to miss trust me you don't want to miss it every sunday 
9 p.m. Eastern. Just go to ProWrestlingInterviews.com, and it'll take you to their Facebook page where you can get the custom podcast link for that week. Don't miss a second of Pro Wrestling Interviews. That's Sunday nights, 9 Eastern, ProWrestlingInterviews.com. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In The Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Kaku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, pregnant. I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You getting ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts, and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hick, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Phil Apter has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, talking here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the <coughs> World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think, uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I want to say one thing. Uh, Bruno was a hell of a champion. Yeah. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is Bill Apter, and once again, we're speaking here with Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it, it was uh, uh, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did Lenin have anything to do with this? Well, yes, but the whole thing is this, that the rules, as I always understood them, was that you, the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com 
or go to patreon.com slash VOC Nation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. 